You don't learn from experience. You learn from reflecting on experience. Reflection helps us take a step back. And that's what this is about going into 2022. What did I do well? What, what, what do I want to do more of? What, what do I want to do less yeah. of? And welcome back to another part train. Welcome aboard, folks. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I got my partner in crime, our other co-host, Matt Cermak, with me. Last up, podcast Ev? of 2021. Cheers to 2021. Parcher. What a year. What a, little a year. Half, half, uh, half acre lager locally in Chicago. I'm so Sir, we're celebrating, Ev. Sir, I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating. But before we get to this episode, thank you for hopping aboard, guys. In case you're new, our mission on the part train is to help frustrated golfers like you and me enjoy the ride again on and off the course because we believe that if you can learn to smile through bad golf you can smile through anything we interview pj tour pros best-selling authors ceos mental coaches everyday golfers like you and me and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy help you get out of your own way shoot your lowest scores ever and enjoy the ride we are a mental game podcast designed to make the mental game more accessible and relatable. And this episode, if this is your first episode listening to the show, it's really a perfect episode to start. And also, if yep. you're a longtime listener, reflect mm. on maybe what you've learned this year going into 2022. So before we get to our reflections and our top eight lessons and learnings from 50 plus interviews of some of the best minds and players and coaches in the world, a quick word from our friends at 18 Birdies, brand new sponsor and partner new of friends. the show. 18 Birdies, number one GPS and swing analyzer app in the App Store. I think they have something like 40,000 plus 4.9 star reviews. Not bad. Um, 40,000 plus reviews, 4.9 average review. Pretty incredible. A lot of people know about this app. Uh, I heard about it years ago, didn't really use it. I thought my rangefinder was enough, Serm. And it wasn't. Uh, no, I went out and played with it. And when you sign up for their premium subscription, every time you play, number one, it's easy to keep track of your stats and your scores. And it notifies you when, like, Hank, our intern, is playing at Kiowa, sends me a push notification that Hank is teeing off at Kiowa and I can track his round and I get push notifications. That's really fun. But the cool thing. And the thing that people really care about is it helps you with your game. Yeah. The on-course GPS and also the plays like yardage versus the actual yardage, which you can only get on the premium subscription, is a game changer. Because a lot of times you can't shoot the pin. You want to know what it is on the front, the back, the middle, the wind direction. I mean, it's like having a caddy in your pocket, Serm. And I really loved it, playing with it. So I'm excited to get everybody on the app so that we can start to compete, maybe do some giveaways around competitions, virtual tournaments, and hopefully just help you shave shots off your score. Yeah. Everybody I know that has used it loves it, but it's the community too, right? So it helps you get better at your game. It gets you more in sync with your buddies and your friends in the golf community with all the fun stuff too. So there's a reason why it's all the rage. I'm pretty lucky to have them as a, new, as a new, uh, new partner. Yeah. Come on, guys. Get to it. So hit the link in our show notes. It's also linked in our Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the Par Train. Um, tap that link, download the app, get the free trial. Thanks to 18 Birdies. Sign up for that premium, and then um, join our group. And I've just so people know, I've gotten some messages that yeah. the link is really just goes to download. They don't really have a link going directly to our group yet. 
So DM me on Instagram at the Partrain. I'll be checking to make sure. Um, and either friend me on 18 Birdies. I'm just my name, Evan Singer, with the Partrain logo. So you'll see it pop right up. Or send me a screenshot of your profile with your name and picture. And I can invite you to the group. Um, because in the group, we can keep track of each other's scores. We're going to end up doing giveaways and different competitions. And it'll be kind of a cool accountability group for 2022 of just cheering each other on, but maybe some trash talk too. We'll oh, see. That. Download the 18 Birdies app using our link. Uh, do the free trial for premium and join our group. And it's going to be one hell of a ride in 2022. 2022. Yo. These past two years have been the fastest years maybe on record. Yeah. With everything that's been going on, it seems like the days just blend together. and you know, golf is a lot of times the highlight of the week, right? And then we get to come on this show and unpack yeah. things and hopefully help thousands of golfers with their games and their life. I'll kick it to you first, sir. And before we go to our top eight lessons, we're going to do four each and we're going to alternate. Was there something generally that stood out to you as we were digging through these 50 plus interviews in the last year or something well, generally about the show when, as, think- as you were reflecting? It was fun to kind of go back and listen to a lot of episodes. So many great episodes, so many fascinating guests and a wide range of guests. You know, I think last year built our brand, our niche around the mental game, right? And I think oftentimes the mental game is just the same thing said over and over. That's not what this show is about. Yeah. And for us to keep, we've been able to keep it fresh with all kinds of guests. You know, I'm not, when we get to our, these sound bites of our guests, people even know these were golfers, but they are. Yeah. Right. And they love talking about it. They love talking about the mental game. Right. So yeah, that sticks out. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't help reflect on our journey a little bit as I was looking at what our year was like. You know, I have a list here of all of these different interviews and guests we've had on the show from World Series MVPs to PJ Tour sports psychologist for the number one player in the world to the coach of Colin Morikawa the week before he wins the Open Championship. Um, Tim Mickelson before Tim right Mickelson, after Phil wins the right PGA. after <laughs> Phil wins the PGA. I mean, you know, I think. Look, I'd like just like to thank you, sir. I'd like to thank the listeners because, you know, thinking about five years of doing something. Early on, we didn't know really what we were going to be. We didn't know we were doing it once a month if we were lucky for a while. Yeah. And no there matter three what of was us going on. You know, I edited podcasts on Christmas morning, make sure I got these out. Like, no matter what's going on, we get it in. And it's just cool to look back after a year of doing something and easy to be very week to week, like we were talking about off air. But when you take a second and yeah. reflect on the, the quality of people and the quality of conversations and learnings that we had throughout the last year... I'll just say this, Arm. It was very hard to narrow it down to four sound bites. Oh, totally. totally. You know, we had what? What is that? Fifty-two hundred hours of <laughs> footage to choose from, and we had to find four sound bites each. Yeah, of a couple minutes. There's a lot of good nuggets too. Well, it's it's almost therapeutic. I have to kind of go through these, right? And like, whoa! And it's good for us to do. It's good for all, any of the listeners to go back because you learn so much. Yeah. So this is, uh, we did this last year. We're doing it again this year. It's super fun. Well, before we dive in, I got one little quote to start with. 
I forget who said it, but one of my favorite quotes, they say, you can't, you don't learn from experience. You learn from reflecting on experience. Mm. Reflection is what I like that. helps us take a step back. And that's what this is about. This is the time of the year going into 2022 that we really think about, you know, what did I do well? What, what, what do I want to do more of? What, what do I want to do less yeah. of? Um, and who do I want to be more? I think your yeah. first pick was actually our first episode of 2021. So I'll yeah. let you frame it Kicked up it and, then, and then we'll play the clip and talk about how it impacted us and why you chose it. Yeah. Our first episode of 2021 was with um, mixed martial arts fighter, Cosmo Alexander. Yeah, seven time world champ. <laughs> Muay Thai, kickboxing, one of the best you know, fighters at his, in his arena in the world. And again, it's like, well, why are you having this guy on? Sure enough, he's a dedicated golfer, an aspiring golfer, uh, loves the game. He, we reached out on Instagram and he got back to us. And there was nothing more he enjoyed talking about, but his journey to become a better golfer. Yep. And, you know, he's one of the world's best fighters. Talk about a lot about the parallels between golf and fighting and the mental game and just hard work. So uh, his story is just amazing. He was such a, a fun interview and for us to tie it all back together you know is always really really fun so let's get to it all right so this was episode 116 cosmo alexander just in case you want to go back and listen to the full thing oh i cannot like uh running outside because it's, it's snowing okay i go to the gym i run the gym oh uh, like uh i told you like my putter is it's kind of good i'm like two uh two put maximum you know yeah but why i bought like uh kind of like a carpet, you know, uh, to play here at my house. Oh, yeah. You know, I bring it. Yeah, I have here. So now, if I'm watching, if there is nothing to watch, uh, you put the green here, start putting. Like, oh, yes, my, my hand has to be. So, like, you don't need to be there in the range to really train golf, to really practice, right? Oh, okay. Like, my, my back swing is, like, really short, like run. John Rump, right? Yeah. yeah. I have to. Yeah, I have to, I'm like that. So, okay. I know I have to stretch. I have to do exercise like mobility, you know, here. So I do it here in my house. But like I said, like, it's not because uh, you're like playing golf. You just need to think about golf when you're in the range or in the, the course, you know. You want to get better. First of all, that's the question. You want to get better, really. That's your, like, you know, you really want to go get better. Okay, so. If you don't go to the range, if you don't go the, uh, to play, you do something in your house. Yeah. Do abs, man. Like, I don't know. I see so many goals, like, big belly, bro. Like, like you know, like, kind of fat. That one hit with me because, you know, he, this is a guy who picked up the game late in life. He wants to be on the senior tour. That's part of this episode. That is his goal. He's 38 years old. He wants to be on the senior tour. <laughs> he talks about the whole episode. Anything he does, he does it to 100%. Rugby, soccer. So he's very inspiring in that sense. Um, but it got me thinking a little bit about, you know, our listeners and they're aspiring to be better players and Cosmo's right. It's not just about being at the range or at the course. If you really want to get better. You've got to kind of be thinking about golf and working on it in a lot of different ways. You know, when you're at home, hitting a few putts, I love, we talked about stretching, knowing your tendencies, right? Got a short backswing. He's really bulky, right? You got to, you know, got to work harder there. You got to think about those things. You know, watch, watch the game on TV, read books. Well, I'm going to the range, you know, and I'm playing, but I'm not getting better. Well, what are you not good at? Or what could you be, you know, 
thinking about doing more in your spare time. Now, look, we don't have all the time in the world. We don't have all the money in the world, but put it home, work out, stretch, eat better. That's going to help your golf game. We're all trying to get better at this sport. And it sometimes it takes mind. a little more. Yeah. Work on your mind. Sometimes it's non-conventional ways to get better. And I think he really hits home with that. And yeah. I love that. And I think sometimes we just get so, well, I go to the range, I hit a few chips and putts. I take an occasional lesson. I play. Well, there's more to it than that. Nobody gets better. Right. Right. Last time I looked, so handicaps it, I haven't just, gone down in 30 years. Right. He's just so inspiring. Um, but I just love the non-conventional twist yeah. to it. And I think whether you're a two handicap, 15 handicap or 30 handicap, there's so many things you can be doing, you know, yep. to get better. So love it. I think what I took away really quick from Cosmo, he really fired us up to start the year too. Here's a guy that is a mixed martial artist, right? Kickboxer, my type champion, seven time world champ. Doesn't come from a lot. The guy, but the guy sinks his teeth in everything he does. He's like a surfer. He was a pro soccer player, and now he's a golfer. But the thing that I got from Cosmo, he is not afraid to fight, clearly. But mm -hmm. he does that with everything he does, right? So he knows that being tentative, I think we posted once on social media this year, that think about playing golf like Cosmo, like a fighter. If you were going in the ring being afraid to get hit, you're probably going to be in the corner spinning blood into a bucket the whole match. Whereas if you're going to win a fight, you got to want to hit back. Right. You got to want to fight. Right. And a lot of us play golf like the former, not the latter. And so it's interesting yeah. to, to listen to Cosmo talk about how he plays golf like he fights. It's embrace the battle. It's so, actually a perfect maybe, segue yeah. into our, to my first clip. And also just real quick to your point about like knowing your tendencies and like trying to improve with a plan and an intention. That's another great thing about 18 birdies, not to throw it back to our sponsor, but I didn't even realize it until I recorded one round, sir, one round on the app. And I realized, wow, 65% of my drives missed right today. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I never actually think about, right. right. You just think about the bad miss right? The really bad miss. You're not actually recording right. where most of your misses are going. And the more educated you get on that, you can start to design your round sure. based on your tendencies and your miss pattern and all that stuff. So. Intention something we're going to talk about in a few with yeah. one of my clips. This is great. Yeah. This is episode uh, 124 with Chris Selfridge, former pro player in Europe and now a tour caddy. Um, on the European tour. Love Chris. Um, Sir, you know Chris. Yeah, Caddy's for Ryan Fox. Yep. And um, played uh, Division One golf at University of Toledo with my brothers. I'm just going to go straight to this quote because it's a quick one. It's 12 seconds. And it, it's just, oh man, if you take nothing else from this show and this episode, you could take these 12 seconds and become a different player. So I'm just going to play this. Golf is just a game of complete unpredictability. You have no idea what's going to happen. It's, you should almost just try and judge yourself by how you respond to the inevitable chaos out there. It's so hard to do. You know, we're all control free. A game of unpredictability, a game of chaos. You should almost judge yourself on how you respond. And yet, if you think about it, most of us play golf 
with an entirely different expectation. Most of us play golf expecting to hit the perfect shot that we hit on the range or that we hit 20 minutes ago or two weeks ago again and again and again because we've done it before. And just imagine how much freedom there is to unlock if you can expect unpredictability, expect chaos, and like you just said, Serm, embrace the battle, embrace the recovery, embrace the trying to figure it out, embrace the game of it. That's the magic yeah. in golf is understanding what's in front of you, accepting that it's a hard game of unpredictability, and then doing the best you can with what you can control, which is your routine your thoughts, your intentions, your plan, and your commitment. Right. And you I mean, do it, and you, you respond. That's it. Yeah. The only thing you should judge yourself based on is how you respond. How cool is that? So good yeah. by Chris. You know, it makes me think of Ev. You know, when you have a second shot, you pure a seven iron, you're flag hunting, but it hits a sprinkler and goes over the green. <laughs> right? And then the next hole, maybe you hit block to drive right. Spits out of the trees into the middle of fairway. Mm-hmm. You know where? So where are your emotion levels in, in, in both of those moments? Right. Mm, good you point. Know, you know, did you get screwed on the first one, and did you deserve that good break on the second? <laughs> you know. And yeah. I think what he, you don't know what's going to happen, even when you think you're in control, and finding that consistent, finding that consistent feedback, right, and consistent how you go about your business. It's, it's the challenge. Embrace it. It's not easy. But totally. I think he, yeah, he sums it up perfectly. That's a great one. Ev. Shout out to our boy, Chris, an Irelander, traveling the Middle East, looping <laughs> for Foxy. This next one, sir, maybe the most talked about episode of arguably our whole show. We get a lot of comments on this one. Talk about episode 142 with Rick Sessinghouse, Colin Morikawa's coach. Rick also fired me up too, Ev. You know, talk yeah. about getting motivated. For a swing coach, you know, sometimes you know, swing coaches can be very analytical and it's kind of what they do. Um, he kind of broke things down into layman's terms. And um, I thought he was really, really exciting and fun to talk to about average golfers too, not just Morikawa, you know, and he's working with the best ball striker in the world. But um, he, he got a couple of good little tidbits about how to control your nerves and, and uh, how that weekend trunk slammer <laughs> can succeed. So I just, I love talking with him. So let's, let's fire it up. And don't forget, he's a swing coach and had been since Colin, I think, was eight. But also, he's a mental performance coach. Yeah. So that's what was another cool part about this interview was he's teaching the game from both sides. And I know, I, I know what clip this is. I'm, I'm excited to share it for people that haven't heard it. What can I do on that first tee to be the most comfortable? I'm not saying you're going to be comfortable, but closer to that. There's going to be the, the nervousness. There could be a little right. anxiety. There could be a little excitement. My, my friend's already trash talking. Okay. Okay. But, but what's again in my control is, okay, where's the wind coming from? Hmm. what's the best shot for me? Is it three wood? Is it driver? You know what? I'm going to swing at 80% with three wood. I'm going to get it out there. Let's have a nice balanced finish. Boom. Now I'm not saying I'm guaranteeing that ball's going to be the fairway, but at least right. I got a heck of a lot better likelihood <laughs> that it's totally. going to, uh, and you are playing either to playing to strengths or you're playing within yourself. All these things that we can do, even a simple thing, I'm going to hold my finish on my first tee shot. Mm. Now I have balance. I have I like better that. tempo. I'm, 
going to hit hopefully somewhere near the center of the face now. I mean, so these things can add up because you, we know in confidence, a lot of it's momentum based, right? And so you hit that first tee shot and you go, oh, there's a relief like, oh, okay, I got totally. it. But if it goes sideways, it's like, right, if it goes sideways, like, oh, there I go again. And then there's the stress response goes right through the roof. And then it takes two or three holes for it to simmer down. And then we get into those same cycles. So I totally agree with you that uh, being comfortable could be different decisions and how we swing for sure. Just got to get off that first tee. (laughs) Stick to finish, Ev. We've heard that so much, right? But why did that, why was that a light bulb moment? I think for, for, for us maybe, but it's because we were talking about the first hole. And how many times, including myself, you just, you're distracted. You're nervous. You didn't get to warm up. We talked about that in that episode. Your friends are talking about what game we're going to play and you don't have, and you don't have a plan. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have a plan on the first hole and, and you're stiff for whatever. And you you, you oftentimes pull a club or try to hit a shot and you shouldn't, and and it, it gets you off to a really bad start. So I love the, the sticking to finish. That's my thought. And the only way to stick a finish is to make a balanced swing. And I just love, I think everybody listening, if you listen to that episode, I mean, that's a great thought throughout the day. Let's be honest. That's not a great thought throughout the day, but under pressure situations, cause we all feel it. I just thought that was so great by Rick and pick a club. That's maybe not a driver in the first hole. You, you can't, you know, you can't win the round on the first hole, but you can lose it physically and mentally hate to say it you can also come back from a bad first hole but something about starting out with just a good decision and a simple easy feeling thoughts well i love it i mean this was in my top three for sure i had to make sure i i picked four different clips we didn't want to overlap (laughs) but i made sure rick was in the top eight yeah um because i think the cool thing and the difference here serum is a lot of people go into golf and other things in their life hoping it works out. Yeah. And not that you need to be a control freak, but you need to have an intention of what gives you the best chance to succeed. And this is something tangible, right? A lot of people think like mental game is like this woo-woo, right. positive self-talk, telling my things that aren't real, you know, and convincing sure. myself but- to play well. But it's... It's not in a lot of cases. This case, it's simply having a mental focus that is physical in nature that isn't about the result of the shot, but it's a key that gives you a better chance to stay balanced. On a tee shot, we're usually a little tighter and a little quicker, right? Because there's anxiety about the meaning of that shot for the rest of the day. So that's a perfect example of something that is tangible that you can take to the first tee that can change your whole round potentially. And one thing, sir, this is a silly example, but it happened recently. So I'll, I'll reference it is the one big takeaway I got from this episode with Rick talking about how Colin thinks Morikawa is he leans into comfort no matter what. And you think these guys, you know, the best in the world, they can hit any shot. Sometimes it feels overwhelming, like when you think about Tiger's, these videos where he's talking about how he's got like, you know, 60 different shots he can play around the green. Well, which one do I play? A lot of tour pros just play the shots they're most comfortable with, Mm -hmm. right? And I was snowboarding uh, two weeks ago with Tara. It was the first time we were on the mountain together. And she had been snowboarding many times. 
and still struggling, doing the little like fallen leaf, you know, sure. down the mountain. And uh, I, I asked her, like, what are you thinking about? What are you like, you know, focused on? And I realized she was goofy, meaning she leads with her right leg, not her left. Left is regular. And she was going a lot on her left side. And I said, well, I'm regular. I, I avoid goofy unless I absolutely have to like a quick turn and then I go back. So that's an example of like her ability to go down the mountain without falling and with a little bit of speed was solely contingent on what gave her the most comfort, which was her natural side, the goofy side. A lot of golfers are playing shots that make them uncomfortable all around. So to your point about what you hit off the first tee, I'm not saying hit a five iron on a par five, but put yourself out there. Look, 100%. I love it. I love the, the story about Tara there. At the end of the day, the first hole is never going to get any easier. <laughs> right. And he talks about, you know, you want that. We all want good momentum. But we want good vibes, right? Comfortable vibes. And I just think we have to focus a little harder always on that first tee shot. And uh, it, just re- it just really hit home, especially for all our listeners. So love Rick. Hopefully, hopefully I think we'll have him on the show again next year. Yeah, for sure. It's awesome. Episode 142, Rick Sessinghouse. If you haven't listened to that, I mean, immediately after this show, you need to go listen to that episode. Speaking of you need to go listen to this episode, uh, episode 133 with Dr. Joe Parent, the best-selling author of Zen Golf, maybe one of the biggest thrills of my life to talk to him for an hour, which then led to me co-leading a training program for some part-train listeners. Amazing how things can happen like that. But for context, you know, Dr. Joe's books and golf got me on my journey of where we are today. I I don't think we'd have this show today if I didn't read that book when I was like 17. So um, amazing thrill to have him on the show and another incredible soundbite that can totally change the way you think about your game and life. So let's go to Dr. Joe. I'm at a spot. But you play to an area. If you, I, I was working with Christy Kerr, that transformed her game because part of her genius is comes from her perfectionism. But then she would get frustrated if she didn't hit exactly where she was aimed. But once we, once we open that up, it, it really frees you up to make a better, more committed swing. It, yeah. it, example I give is if you put a shot glass in the middle of a big dining room table and I stand you 20 feet away and give you a quarter and say, toss this in, you have to get it in the shot glass or you made a bad throw. That's a lot of pressure. And you see people get real guidey, you know? And then I say, now what I want you to do is take the quarter and aim at the shot glass, but anywhere it lands on the table is a good throw. Complete freedom, complete relaxation. So you want to give yourself room to play and understand that, you know, even Iron Byron, the, the robot that they use to test, you know, that's how good Byron Nelson swings. Yeah. And they named a robot after <laughs> And that's the, you know, they, they screw in a five iron and a dozen brand new balls. They don't all land in the same pitch mark. Yeah. Even the robot has a dispersion pattern. Mm. They'll even show you all manufacturers. Tools to say, look, the, the robot 
had this dispersion pattern with other people's golf balls and smaller with with ours. Okay, if the robot has a dispersion pattern, don't you? If a robot has a dispersion pattern, don't you? Ah. Right? I mean, how great is his example <laughs> with tossing a dime in a shot glass? It's is incredible. this not golf? I just got thinking about the whole analogy. Again, keep going up. This is great. Just imagine how you get. So this is, to me, the most important thing. Think about the difference in your feeling when you say, I have to make this in the shot glass or X happens. It's a bad shot or I'm a failure. Think about how you try and make that dime. Whereas if you tell yourself, I'm going to aim at this spot, but anywhere on that table, I'm going to deem a good shot. Think about how easily you toss that and how better of a chance you have to make that or get it close mm -hmm. to that shot class, right? So this soundbite is, I chose it because it shows the power of what you say to yourself. It shows the power of your intention. It also shows the power of accepting, kind of like Chris Selfridge said, accepting that it's a game of misses and dispersions. Understand your dispersion. Accept that you have a dispersion. Don't get upset when you miss one. You're going to probably miss one outside of your dispersion every now and then. But are you giving yourself the best chance by selecting clubs you're comfortable with, picking a pattern that matches your dispersion, and playing to a spot knowing that anywhere near it is probably an okay shot? Think about the feeling of that versus I have to get it in. You just took all the words out of my mouth. Where <laughs> <laughs> to miss it? being comfortable and we just talked about comfortable in the last one but um just ask yourself right if you're if you're playing right and you're like god i gotta make this but i gotta make birdie here if you then said to yourself does that feel comfortable do i feel good right now no <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i don't so then like how can you because it happens all so how do you stop yourself i think that's what he's kind of getting at it's like you really really have to make it in that shot class no, you don't. Well, that's something you guys talked about on that episode. Right. Remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. About laying you said up to you a have certain to have yardage. 100 yards in. And when I lay up on a par five. And he said, Do he goes, you have to? What's wrong with 115? And I'm like, eh, It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's, a, it's kind of a way to uh, recognize tension, mm -hmm. you know, where tension comes from as you're planning your golf shot. And I mean, he's just, you know, He's just so full of wisdom and just such a, I mean, he's just, he's one of the, like, I don't know, one of the founders, innovators, whatever the word is, but just one of the early uh, adopters to write about the mental. That's such a great quote segment of the episode because it makes you think about where tension comes from in the golf course. Yep. And uh, I love it. Yeah. If you haven't listened to episode 133 with Dr. Joe Parent, the bestselling author of Zen Golf, do that right after you listen to the Rick Sessinghouse episode 142. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here from one of our brand new sponsors, and then we'll get you right back to the show. You're not going to want to fast forward through this one. Trust me. So I was reflecting the other day, guys, okay? And I was thinking, wouldn't it be crazy if we all had our own caddies? Not just a caddy at the club you play at or whatever, but literally your own dedicated caddy playing with buddies wherever. Wouldn't it be sweet if we had a caddy that always gave us the perfect yardage for every shot. They factored in the wind. They factored in the elevation. They factored in how cold it was, right? A caddy that kept our stats, that told you, 
that 90% of the time you miss the fairway to the right, right? So maybe that helps you with their alignment off the tee or maybe club selection. Or a caddy that kept track of your scores, right? And told you where your handicap was trending. But also, more importantly, told you where your buddies were shooting that week too. You can kind of compete thanks to your caddy for keeping track of it. Maybe even a caddy who, you know, is great with on course, but also happens to be a swing instructor and can look at your swing and say, hey, you're getting a little too inside. Let's get you back on plane, right? 18 birdies is basically your own caddy in your pocket. I'm telling you, it's the number one GPS swing analyzer app in the world. And the app is an absolute game changer. They have data that says for premium users, and I'll get you a free trial as being a Partrain listener. Premium users on the 18 birdies app, on average, shave four shots off their handicap. Four. How crazy is that? I played with it the other day. And, you know, I don't hit the fairway every time. So the yardages, the plays like yardages, it was a game changer. But more importantly, guys, that's all great. Like your game's going to get better. It's guaranteed. It's in the data, right? And I know you guys care about getting better if you listen to this show. And we're working on your mental game. The par train for the mental game and 18 birdies app for on course and stat tracking and swing analyzing, it's pretty much a deadly combo, right? But I think the coolest part, And the big reason why I want you to download the 18 Birdies app is because I'm starting a private par train group. And look, we get DMs of your scorecards every week. So now it's all going to be in one place. It's going to say who's leading the week in best score, who's leading the week in this stat and this stat. And we got our own little leaderboard. And it's going to be super fun. Okay, so I'm going to get you a free trial of this app. And all you got to do is hit the show notes of this episode. And tap the link in those show notes, and that'll take you to download the app and join our group automatically. So it's super easy. It's going to improve your game. We don't just promote anything, right? This is the number one app in the world for this stuff. I come from tech, so I know a good app when I see it. And this is good stuff, guys. So join us on the 18 Birdies train. Enter your scores. Improve your game. Shave four shots off your handicap. And let's start challenging each other to get even better in 2022. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the show. Speaking of another amazing moment that we had in 2021, recording artist Cal Shapiro started Time Flies, this like internet sensation uh, group that I loved. It's kind of like pop, hip hop, all mixed in. Now he's doing a solo thing. And, uh, I don't think you picked this clip based on where it is in the episode. He does a rap, a freestyle rap (laughs) for our show and the mental game at the end of this episode. In the moment. (laughs) um, On the moment. Didn't tell him you were going to ask him. He was in his studio. That was incredible. But I think this clip, uh, Serm, is probably the top three things people DM us about that made the biggest change for their game was this one thing that Cal said. And for context for the listeners, if you haven't listened to this episode, Cal's a two handicap. He played yeah. division three golf, charted yeah. tons of songs. He's a, he's a two handicap. So let's get to it. All right. Episode 144, Cal Shapiro. Simulate who you are on the golf course. And that took me a really long time to deal with. So a Great lot point. of times on the first tee, I get a little bit of that. Like I can feel it up here. It's excitement. It's anxiety. I don't know what it is, but it's like, I feel it up there. And I used to hate it, but it's also like, What's better than knowing you have a tea time? What's better than being on the first tee? So, like, 
how could I hate this? So I started simulating that by when I went to the driving range after I like warmed up and got loose, I would like hold my breath for 20 seconds or 30 seconds. And then my heart rate would be up and I'd exhale and I do my pre-shot routine with a faster heart rate. And then I do the swing and rehearse the idea of, damn, I can hit good shots like this. Because I think a lot of times you get in this rhythm of like, here's that feeling again. And here's where I fuck up. If you can rehearse that and say, if that happens to you on the putting green, rehearse that feeling and start to love the feeling that your body's giving you. Well, Kelly, that's a great point. And I was just talking with Ward Jarvis on the phone. Ward helped turn Brendan Todd's game around. Yeah. He's calling me. He's going to see Lucas Glover last week at the John Deere. And what does Lucas Glover go do? He goes and shoots 63 and wins. So Ward was talking about, I never heard this about Tiger. There's a lot of Tiger stories out there. But when you're talking about simulation and recreating the real moments, Tiger used to hit a wedge shot on the range and do sprint the ball, then sprint back, and then hit it again to feel the, that adrenaline pumping and, that, and, and trying to deal with that. And I was like, that's so Tiger. Wow. <laughs> that's, but that's with probably like, a weighted vest. <laughs> yeah. Bullets like, shooting at him. Yeah, but yeah. Like how many people are listening to this like, yeah, I always get nervous over the four-footers. Do like, yeah, you'll look like a weirdo, but do 20 push-ups, <laughs> do 10 push-ups at the putting green and then try to get up and hit the four footer and just fall in love with like that tense feeling. I can make these under that feeling. Breath control. We've talked a lot about the deep breath mm-hmm. before the shot, but that's coupled with recreating those you know, pressure moments when your heart's beating or your hands are shaking, right? Whether, you know, it's over an important pot or first, the first hole, you know, uh, a tee shot that you don't like the look of, you know, something where you feel like you're just a little bit out of your element, right? Yep. And then dealing with it. So, and Cal talked about, you know, practicing this way, like Tiger, like how Tiger practices, yep. you know, and this is what's really helped his game. He talked about really over the, you know, the full swing, that deep breath. For me, I, you know, we talked about putting at the end. I started after the episode, I started doing the deep breath before every putt. Mm. and do two practice strokes and then and that helped me so much mm-hmm. i mean we always talk about breath control but focusing on that on that good breath because if i'm over you know i've got a five foot downhill slider it's a tough putt that breath though is so key for me and ev you know that was that episode was later in the summer i would really notice on some putts that I would miss or you know, not make a good stroke, wouldn't do the breath. I didn't make every putt with the breath, but I felt committed and comfortable with what I was doing. So I just love the way he talks, but that's how you got to practice it. That's also unconventional practice, mm-hmm. right? And recreating moments. But um, the power of the breath, thanks to Kel, really got me thinking about it again. You know, yeah. So I just, I love that one. Well, it wasn't in this clip, right? But what another thing he said that we got a lot of messages about is taking the deep breath before you swing. So taking a yeah. deep breath in, letting all the air out, and then starting your swing releases a lot of tension. Less tension, more better chance you have of swinging your authentic swing. Better chance yep. you have to hit the middle of the face and hit a good shot, right? So, yeah, I mean, look, I know some people may laugh at this, but... uh a lot of people hear about breathing. A lot of people talk about breathing. Not a yeah. lot of people focus on their breathing. What happens when you stop breathing? What happens when the human being stops breathing? You die, right? That means it's, you're gone. So the road to I, death. 
I once heard someone say, your breath is your spirit. And I know that might sound meta or whatever, but it's kind of cool to think about. Like, breath is life. We take it for granted because it happens naturally, but the ability that we can like self-regulate ourselves by focusing on the thing that we do naturally is pretty sweet. To me, it makes me appreciate my body and it makes me think of it as something more than just like, okay, breathe in, breathe out, right? Like we're not teaching a meditation here, but golf kind of is a meditation in that sense. And I think Cal's a perfect example. He kind of made it cool, you know, and a lot of people tried it and a lot of people got some like crazy results Yeah, from just Look, breathing before you swing. Guys, at the end of the day, the best golfers in the world, whether, you know, whether on the PGA Tour, at your country club, your local course, they do things just more deliberately. Mm-hmm. A yeah. little bit slower and a little 100%. more intentional. And I think it kind of sums it up, you know, listening to that segment. So 100%. Love Cal. Well, that was episode 144 with Cal Shapiro. Again, his freestyle at the end of that episode is awesome. So if you haven't heard it, check it out. Okay. We're cooking. Number six. Is this six? I think this is six. One of our favorite guests, three-time guest, uh, happens to be the sports psychologist for the number one player in the world, John Rahm, right now. He also coaches Billy Horschel, um, Patton Gazire, Brian Harmon, a lot of guys. Works with Alabama. Uh, the athletic program there. And um, this clip, Brett's probably going to say some things that go against things you've heard. And uh, I think it's uh, really impactful and refreshing. So let's hear from Brett. Episode 127 with Brett McCabe. Can I get to the, the level of intention I need to do to execute the shot in front of me? That's it. That's the data. The drama is what it means. The drama is who's in our group. The dra- and some drama does, does impact us. I mean, it, it, the, the worst couple of things that we can tell players is have fun, okay? Um, that's awful. Number two, um, be calm. That's terrible. You know, because Hogan did, whatever. Um, three is to treat it like a practice round. It's not. Um, you know, it's like telling our soldiers, just, just act like you're in North Carolina in the woods when they're in Iraq. I mean, it's, it's stupid. Um, it, we, we, we ruin everybody when we do that. The best thing is to do is instead to look at it and go, okay, this is hard. Right? It's hard for every one of us. Our motto is enjoy the ride. So some people might think this is going against what we're about, but it's not. Because what Brett is saying is it's great to enjoy the ride and the process, the ups and downs, all of it. But I think what a lot of people are told is ignore the pain, ignore the tension, and ignore the anxiety, and just go have fun. But they're not being given the tools to be able to get through it, right? They're basically being told to ignore everything, like, like he said with soldiers. You can't tell a soldier in Iraq, imagine it's training in North Carolina. You're in Iraq. A lot of us, that's what the golf course feels like to us. It's not the range, right? Especially in competition, like it means a lot to us. We don't want to hit the miss that we hate, right? We don't want to be embarrassed. We want to win. We don't want to lose. But accept that it's hard. And what did he say at the beginning? The only thing that matters is having a good intention of what you're trying to do going into the shot. And then you accept that it's hard and you battle from there. You lean into your comfort. You understand your tendencies. It builds on everything we've talked about today and all year. But... Brett has a way of firing us up too 
And um, I think this was an amazing, amazing soundbite. Right. Yeah. Make the effort to understand why you feel, why you feel the way you do. Yeah. Right. Be curious about these feelings, these thoughts, and then find the tools to, whether you're com- to combat them or to just perform better. But you're right. I mean, it's, you can't ignore, can't act like it doesn't exist. I hate the term block out, Ev. Block it out. Block out the negative thoughts. Hmm. You got to control the negative thoughts. That's what you do. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, you know, Brett recently wrote the, his uh, latest book talking about Suckville. Mm-hmm. You got to understand why you suck. Yeah. <laughs> you got to live in it, you know, and that's a, a, a great, uh, great discussion we had with him. So he's a thrill to have on the show. Uh, like one of the best in the world at his craft, Dr. Yep. Brett McCabe. Great choice, Ev. And every time we have him on the show, we're blown away by our conversation. So yeah. if you haven't listened to the episodes with Brett McCabe, just search on wherever you get your podcast, Partrain Brett McCabe. It's B-H-R-E-T-T-M-C-C-A-B-E. This soundbite was specifically from episode 127, the first time we had him on the show. But we had him recently on about his new book, like you said, Sermon. It was just as good, if not better. So. Definitely listen to those episodes if you haven't already. Now, this one, sorry, number seven. I'm glad you picked one that wasn't a famous, well-known guest because a big part of our growth and I think why people love hopping on the train is because they love the shows with people like us, right? A mental game roundtable, a mental game mailbag. People come in, we unpack their games, we unpack times they play well, times they don't. And even top amateurs, like your brother. Some people may argue this is a homer pick, but this is your brother who is has won plenty of tournaments as an amateur, qualified for U.S. Mid-Am this year, and he took us through some pretty good tactical stuff that works for him. So you don't necessarily need to be on the PJ Tour to, to unpack learnings, right? It can be someone like you and me. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I mean, yeah, call me a homer, Joe, throwing <laughs> you a bone today. But I, I really like this practical advice he gets into uh, around core strategies, especially around second shots. I mean, Ev, you kind of know me. We've been doing this a long enough time. I look for some of these tangible things that you could go take to the course tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Joe being a plus five and one of the most accomplished amateurs in the state of Illinois. Uh, but he had a lot, lot to say that a lot of our listeners can take away from. So. It was fun to listen to my brother go through all this as much as I've seen him play. Um, so let's get to it. All right. Here's Joe Cermak, your older? Yeah. Older, older brother. brother. Uh, episode 151. Decent to good golf courses. And then you go to like, you know, great golf courses. Long is dead. There's collection areas. There's some sort of big hill or bank. So for whatever reason, the rough seems to always be thicker behind greens. I don't know if they, they caught it one day last long is typically dead just about anywhere so it's it's just no and think of your the golfers you typically play chances are long especially right and left long is not good so if you can work to avoid missing long sideways that those tend to oftentimes end up being double bogey hey you make a bogey you can you can survive a bogey it's eliminating doubles it's avoiding doubles and then that's how you scores can start being chipped away at realize for people that are listening 
Again, you're a plus five handicap. You talked about 30 feet versus 20 feet. You did not talk about five feet. Three feet. Five, feet are, five feet and three feet are accidents. Right. Nobody, I mean, nobody wow. else. I, I, this is the biggest difference that I've noticed between really good players and 10 plus handicaps. And I did a post on this on Instagram with cornhole. How cornhole, everyone's got the bags underneath the hole. And the people going for the hole are long. They don't get a point at all. Yep. Right? That is the biggest mistake. You guys, as in good players, you know that a sticking it is a happy accident. Yes. And I'm yes. sure sometimes I mean you fire at the pin if you got a wedge and it's a perfect yardage and there's no trouble. But for the most part, you, I just want people to hear this. You said yeah. 30 feet and 20 feet. Yes. That's good. And I love that's powerful stuff. You, and you were fired out. And I love yeah. how you kind of built on this. And yeah, just prior to that clip we ran, he was talking about 20 to 30 feet is a lot of my round. You know, and this is a guy I watched, you know, 63 tiger course record. Last time I played with him, yeah. scratch player, I'm not plus five, but you know, I think the way Joe does can't quite make as many birdies as he can, but I played with a, a lot of different guys, different, you know, handicaps, higher handicaps. And I just see it all the time going along on second shots and having blow up holes from really good position, hitting a good tee shot, getting amped up and just hitting over the green. And then having that uphill to a, you know, that uphill chip to a blind hole location that's downhill. And I just think, you know, he, Joe's talking about it. He also talked about in another clip, it's okay to kind of sometimes be short sighted, you know, being short, you know, sometimes club less when in doubt. So for the listeners out there, this is Joe Cermak, plus five handicap. It's really on his mind. And he's got a great short game. But even Joe's not getting up and down very often from behind greens. And I just think for those 15 handicappers out there, if you want to eliminate double and triple bogeys, a lot of the time it's on your decision-making and understanding your yardages on your second shots and understanding the wind. And um, 20 to 30 feet, if it's good enough for Joe Cermak, it's good enough for you. And I'm going to build on the how of this. I actually love talking about this with people. I played with this dude I hadn't seen in like eight years that I went to college with. Didn't realize he was in Southern Cal. We met up once and played early golf. And I was talking to him about this because I think it was right around these episodes. And I was like, and this obviously happens mostly with back flags, right? Blue flags. So let's say the blue flag yeah. is a 135. You got a wedge in. Okay. Knowing that my pitching wedge can go anywhere from 135 to 140, maybe even more, if I really compress it, you know, or I got a tight lie or I hit it a touch thin, I shouldn't be hitting a pitching wedge. Even though the flag is at my perfect pitching wedge yardage, knowing my range, I either need to choke down and take a three quarter with that club. Or I just need to hit my gap wedge and be 15 feet below the hole, right? And aim more to the middle of the green. So it's about, and I'm not saying that every time, but I'm saying as an example, most people don't know they have their yardage, but that's a perfect shot. Perfect number. What is their mishit yeah. pitching wedge? What is their nuked pitching wedge, right? And then you're basing your shot 
on making sure that you're giving yourself the best chance to hit a green. You don't want to be penalized for hitting the club too good, and now you're over the green, and now you're short-sided, and you're going to make lucky if you make bogey. You know? Right. So I think Joe is a great example of he's probably spent time practicing, understanding his yardages, and it seems like club selection and angles off the tee and into greens is probably the easiest way if you change nothing else to shaving shots off your score from just, you know, playing the course and and playing smarter course management. Right. I mean, just get, you know, you hit a great drive, just think about, all right, find a fat part of the green. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Right? Forget the flag. Get used to, you know, hitting greens. The only way you're going to use to get hitting greens consecutively is if you're, you know, we all, you talk about a lot of aggressive to big targets. Mm -hmm. You got to train yourself and you got to put your ego at, leave your ego at the door when you think you've got a green light mm -hmm. at, a, at a pin because. And look, <laughs> you, you like, gotta, we miss it so much. And like, like Joe said, you might end up missing it closer. Yeah. To the hole. Right. Right. There's plenty but of pros times talk that about I that all the time. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't even planning on going right. Right. right there. Pros talk about it. We're aiming at. I'm aiming at the middle of the green. If I cut it, if I end up cutting a little bit, you know, I, I stick it. Yeah. The risky shot's not the plan. Right. And knowing your tendencies, great, what a great way to commit. Oh yeah. By saying I'm going to aim here because that gives me my best chance, and if I miss it, it might even become a little ah, bit better. See what we did there. Yeah. That was a great, great. episode with Joe. Uh, that Love was episode you, Joe. number one fifty one. Homer pick by CERN, but also some great nuggets. Speaking okay. of Homer picks, Ev, <laughs> yeah. I think we got another one to finish. <laughs> okay, but this Homer pick <laughs> happens to be a World Series MVP, a hero of mine. Oh. And um, I'd say five years of doing this show, CERN, I think this was my number one pinch me moment. Just because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I was sprinting around a bar in San Diego in 2011, pouring champagne on my head. Oh, 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and today, you know, this year we talked to him for an hour about the game we love. The reason I picked this uh, soundbite is because I want people to understand that this is a World Series MVP that was about to be eliminated from the playoffs mm. that changed his mindset and became the MVP. And a lot of us get down on ourselves for getting tentative and not having the right thoughts all the time or not hitting the fairway every time. This is a World Series MVP. I just want to reiterate that. Let's MVP. hear from David. You're giving a presentation or you're playing sports or whatever. Like we all can get on our heels. Um, so we open up first playoff experience. You know, you're in Philly against Roy Halladay against a 102 win team or whatever. Um, you know, I always said that that'll wake you up <laughs> real quick. That'll, that'll define, define what you're all about um, real soon. And so I, I just wore it, you know, Halliday, Lee Hamels, like got, got torched for three games. Um, not surprising, but just kind of like, oh man, this is, this is rough. And, uh, and you kind of lay in bed, you're staring at the ceiling, kind of questioning yourself about what, you know, what you're doing, what's different, um, what's the same is also a good, good question. And just on my heels, like the fear of failure, um, you know, just creeps in and kind of weighs you down and 
going in that Oswald game, there was kind of a, you know, because that was a pretty big opportunity for Daniel Descalso to get the nod and to give me a breather or just to take a different direction. Mm-hmm. And Larusa gave me another shot. I'm sure, I don't know, but I'm sure they talked about it. You know, that's just, it might have been a good move. But um, I went in, I know I K'd my first at bat, but I remember that like the K even felt okay. Like I, I got in the box ready to go and I was kind of the aggressor. You know, you're waiting on the pitch and stuff, but like, you know, you're, you're focused on, on turning the ball around and attacking it and not being on your heels and being reactive. And that's the key with hitting, especially you take millions of swings, you get used to facing 80, 90, 100, whatever. But um, if you're reacting and not anticipating, you're going to go down and your, your career is going to be short-lived. And um, roping that double down the line and holiday hustle around the score, we either tied it or took the lead. Um, that definitely changed, I think, not only like physically how I wanted to approach the AB, but mentally, like, man, that just turns you up and everything kind of got pushed aside, you know, and just everything simplified. And then when I hit that ball out um, later in the game, uh, that was kind of the ultimate turning point to my psyche, you know, you know, physically obviously felt the same and stuff, but man, baseball and golf are so similar that if your mind is not capable of like seeing and thinking and feeling good, good things, you can still be successful. But I think the consistency of that um, is, is in jeopardy. You don't think, feel good things. You can still be successful, but the consistency of that success are in jeopardy. I think that is so great key because there's been plenty of people that are super negative and down on themselves and they use it as fuel and they succeed. But they're probably not very consistently good. David, this episode talked a lot about you know, it's not like David was an all-star before this year. He had injuries. He was fighting for a starting spot. He was really, it was kind of, and he was kind of seen as a scrappy player. Yeah. This guy was on his heels, tentative. And the way that he talks about how he played in arguably one of the best baseball games in history in game six of 2011, when we were down to two strikes twice, went to extra innings, he just kept hit the triple and then the homer to end it. He talks about executional keys like we always talk about on this show. He wanted to take an infielder's head off. That's what he was focused on. He wasn't focusing about what it meant. He wasn't focused about winning an MVP. He wasn't focused on letting his teammates down if he struck out in the last pitch with two strikes in the ninth. He wanted to take an infielder's head off, and that is an aggressive mindset with an executional thought focus. He became an MVP, and he almost, they almost lost in the division series with him being tentative and then they shifted and look what happened. So I don't know. That's it's one of the many reasons I love talking about this stuff is because whether it's baseball or, you know, music, martial arts, coaching, this stuff all applies to performing. And it was just such a thrill. I'm so grateful to be able to share that. And how cool is it to have David freeze walk us through play by play? In the World Series, <laughs> yeah, and what he's feeling, right? And he and he struck out, right? He had that cave. He's like, "It's all right." It's kind of like bogey, bogeying the first hole. It's not over. Mm-hmm. I can still do this, mm-hmm. you know. So, kind of the power of positive thinking throughout the season in the moment, but blending that in with 
you know, a strategical kind of technical focus, right. Yep. That he had, um, yeah, as a big Cardinal fan, what a thrill, you know, was that tough for Cubs you to fan, end? Cubs fan over here, you know, is, so. is that tough for you to end this episode with a Cardinals soundbite as a Cubs fan? Yeah, a little bit, but I think I know what makes good you happy. The greater good. And look, David's my favorite Cardinal. He's been on the part tree. I yeah, love him. Fair it. enough. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Wow. 2021, Ev. That's 2021. Dead. Again, thank you for hopping aboard all year. If this is one of your first episodes, uh, what a great one to hop aboard on. Definitely go back. David Freeze, I don't know if I said, was episode 146. Um, so definitely go back and listen to these. These are some of our favorite episodes from 2021. But also, we had so many good ones, we couldn't fit them all. Um, so I guess I'll end with this, sir. We didn't really plan this, but is there one soundbite or lesson that was not in these eight that you want to throw in as like a little New Year's bonus for people? I don't know if it was a soundbite, but one I almost picked was something in the Tim Nicholson episode. <laughs> there was so much there when he's talking through what him and Phil were saying to each other, was strategizing, how he was motivating him. Um, I think maybe, you know, pulling Phil aside, I went the sixth hole after he got off to the tentative bogey start on Sunday and said, you need to make committed golf swings if you want to win this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something, it was that no, around yeah. that quote. So that's probably would be my bonus just because it's Tim Mickelson, right? He had his caddy yeah. bib on too, his PGA bib when he was talking to us. <laughs> Telling his brother, the five-time major champ, hey, dude, you want to win this thing today? You need to make committed golf swings. Mm-hmm. And what happened? So that's, that comes to my mind. How about you for a bonus? <laughs> that's not that dissimilar from what we just learned from David. Freeze, right? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. You still need to tell yourself to reset. And, you know, fear is always going to creep in. We're, we're survivalists. That's how we're wired. So things come up. We get fear comes up. Anxiety goes up. We need to reset. And that's what Phil did. And he ended up being the oldest major winner ever if i had to pick one definitely another you know rick sessinghouse is one of our most popular episodes the other one of the most popular episodes was episode number 138 with scott fawcett founder of decade golf the course management system the pros use to lower their scores um i would say sir if you are someone hopping on this the train and you're a little bit newer to the mental game that's a great one to start with because that's very tactical course management focused and it's a great yeah. way to kind of short circuit the way you think about playing the golf course. It's very similar to the things Joe talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Club selection, when to hit driver, when not to, but using data and analysis um, to create this system. And um, I, I just think that big takeaway that I got from that episode and the year is the best players in the world are 10 times more conservative than you think because what you see on golf channel is a highlight reel. Yep. And two, they also are all swinging aggressively to conservative targets. And it's just funny. It, egos can kind of take over not only in this game, but in everything, but especially golf. Just imagine, I haven't even done it. It would make a good YouTube video at some point. Just see what happens. Even when I got a perfect yardage at a perfect pin, just aimed in the middle of every green and hit a club that puts me in the fattest part of the fairway. And I'd be really curious to see what I shoot 
Um, I think that would make a really cool video. And I think that's yeah. how a lot of people should play golf. And I don't think our egos want to let us. Um, but to me, that was a big takeaway from episode 138 and just the whole year. So, yeah. Well, I've, it's, been a, it's been a hell of a year. Cheers to 2022 and the part train. Big things. Yeah. Lots of exciting things. Yeah. And thanks to everybody who's hopped on board and joined the community. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty cool what we've got going here. So thanks to all the listeners and everybody who engages with us on social and yeah. All those things. So that's cool. Great. Well, thank you guys as well. Um, if we've added any value, review on Apple Podcasts really helps us out. So share your story so other people can hear it and get inspired. Share it with a friend. Follow us at the Par Train on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We're posting there every day. I'm trying to respond to every DM, every comment. And uh, no matter how your year starts in 2022, no matter how comfortable you feel on the first tee, no matter how good you're hitting it on the eighth tee. What do they got to do, Sam? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Have a great new year. We'll see you first thing in 2022.